Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So whenever I'm asked for career advice by a younger leader, I tell them, hey, it's very simple. There are two roles you need to experience sooner rather than later in your your professional journey. The first is you have to serve, serve others. And I tell them, you can do that. Just go get a role in a restaurant. You can bus tables. You can wait tables. You could work at a McDonald's. You know, maybe even better yet, be a call center customer service rep. But the only way to truly learn the value of good service is by literally serving others yourself. And in my own journey, I bust tables at a five-star French restaurant in college. And oh, believe you and me, I earned every penny I was paid in that job. The second, though, is you have to sell. And in my journey, I sold shoes all throughout high school and college, now, I didn't make very much money because all of my cha- my paychecks went towards these new shoes. I had a collection of shoes that Amelda Marcos would envy. But what I did learn how to do was I learned how to sell. And as you're going to hear le- later, how to better put persuade someone to buy. And if you think about it, the two service and selling go hand in hand. But in today's discussion, what we're going to be focused on is we're going to be discussing the importance of selling in your job, in your career, and oh yes, in your life. I'm your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. I'm Sarah Alter and proudly the CEO and president of the Network of Executive Women. And I am joined by an incredible lineup of guests. We have Denise Inman, Vice President, U.S. Channels, General Mills. Ramona Gitteroff, Vice President of Small Format, Anheuser-Busch. And yes, your ears do not deceive you. The last name is the same. He is my other half, Uh, Michael Alter, Clinical Professor of Entrepreneurship, University of Chicago's Booth School of Business. So welcome, everybody. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning, of course. Good morning. All righty. And I'm going to say this again. I said it earlier, but we have two road warriors on our lineup today. Um, Ramona is still at a hotel selling away. (laughs) And Denise showed up at one o'clock this morning from her uh, week of travel. So thank you ladies both for for being here and sharing your precious time. So let's let's kick it off as we always do. Um, Tell us why you're here. Tell us about your personal and professional journey and, you know, hey, why join this conversation about selling? Um, Denise, you've had over 21 years of sales. Let's start with you. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much, uh, Sarah, oh gosh, for, of course. for having me. Um, I remember early in my career, um, I had the opportunity to serve on the network of executive women uh, local chapter here for the Twin Cities. 
And I'm not even really sure I knew what I was doing at the time, but it's um, really cool to see not only new grow, um, but to have grown professionally and personally along the way. So it feels oh. like it's come full circles. I now get to act um, as our executive sponsor for new within General Mills. So thank you so much for, for having me. Thank you. Um, I've been at General Mills for 21 years. Uh, we just uh, went through a restructure here uh, at the end of the summer. So I'm now leading um, the head of sales for our meals and baking solutions team and um, just feel super fortunate to have had a wonderful breadth and depth um, of a career at General Mills, vast experiences, um, the majority all in sales. I've had a, a few kind of um, project opportunities um, to, to get different experiences along the way. And it, through those 21 years, I would say I've spent about half of that internal facing and about half external facing um, to the customer. Um, I'm a mom of three kids and three stepkids. We have six kids aged 11 to 21. I always ask everyone to pray for us. Um, we're doing okay so far, but we have a house full of teenagers um, and, oh, a, yeah. and an 11-year-old that still is coming up the, the rear and, and has got a lot to say about it. So um, it's, uh, it's great to, to be able to not only have a, a wonderful life in the, the workplace, but also at home. And I'm just super thankful to be here and to share a little bit of what I've learned along the way, some of the success that I've had, maybe where I've learned where maybe I had a potential um, you know, blind spot that could have held me back. And I've had to pivot um, as a person, as a leader. I'm also excited to hear about Ramona's experience and, um, and to, to chat with you and, and Michael as well. So thanks again for having me. It, it's so funny. Michael and I always joke that like our youngest is raising himself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we thought it was bad with two older siblings. We are constantly getting critiqued on our parenting of the youngest, you have five older siblings. So I can't even imagine the amount of feedback you get. <laughs> there, like, yeah, there is, there is, is a lot. One of them told me about six months ago, looked at me and, and shook her head and said, I'm going to do it totally different when I'm a parent. So, you <laughs> know, we're keeping Thanks. it real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're keeping it real. <laughs> oh gosh. No. Awesome. Um, Ramona. So you've had an Ooh. interesting journey. I loved hearing about how you've played different roles and you you've ended up now for now in sales, but tell us about you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. It's an honor to be here with you and Denise and Michael. And again, similar to Denise, looking forward to hearing about her experiences as well. Very excited. And Haja Bush about our partnership at new. So thank you first of all, no, for, for no. allowing me to Gosh, be here today. Of course. So I've, I've spent the last over 26 years all in adult beverage, um, which has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've learned a lot. I spent the first 11 years uh, on the spirit side of the business. Uh, the last 15 years, uh, very fortunate here at Anheuser-Busch. So again, it's either been spirits or beer that I've worked in for, for my entire career. I actually started off in marketing. I, I had a, I got a marketing degree in Chicago at, at University of Illinois, um, spent the first five years of, of my career really loving the brands that I was supporting. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure I took the time to really work in the field to understand how did my brand show I up? I love that. What are the sales teams doing? Are we providing them with the tools to make sure that, the, that what we're doing makes sense? Are we connecting with shoppers? So I learned a lot by being out in the field and having the ability to connect with the accounts team and going out on their sales call. So after the first five years, I got tapped on the shoulder and somebody said, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you come over to the sales side? 
And I never really considered it. I always thought it'd be marketing and advertising for me. It's like, sure, you know, I I think I'd really, really enjoy it. And I've loved it ever since, right? It's it's been 21 years of sales uh, for me, which has been phenomenal, but I've learned a lot. It's really helped me be creative in, in my selling efforts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I've been very fortunate to, to, to lead amazing teams, to have leaders that were big advocates uh, as well for, for me, for women, for, for um, other folks in, the, uh, in our company as well. Yeah, and 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 shout out to both Anheuser-Busch and General Mills. They are both incredible partners and supporters of new, and they practice what we preach. So I'm so excited that they're they're allowing us to borrow Ramona and Denise today. <laughs> All right. So last but not least, Michael, tell us your journey. Well, thank you for having I, me. I think I've been a part of it. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. So I. When I was um, graduating from college, I got some great advice from a, a mentor that basically said, you got to learn to sell. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get a job with IBM out of college. And so I started my career at IBM in a pretty sophisticated sales training program for a number of years. Spent a bunch of years at IBM um, and then eventually ended up at McKinsey um, as a consultant for, for almost six years. And then I made a, a bit of a turn in my career from working for large companies to, to starting a business as an entrepreneur started an online payroll company that we grew um, for about 11 years before selling it. And, and my role when we started that business, whatever my fancy title might have been externally, my job was just get customers. And it was all right. about sales. And everything I was doing as an entrepreneur was selling in all directions. Uh, and then from the payroll business ended up uh, after we sold that, making a logical career change uh, to go run an existing company that was not in the B2B payments world, but actually in the B2C world. And I ran a company called the Thai Bar for a few years. (laughs) Uh, Again, this was all around um, a lot of sales, a lot of persuasion um, and and driving a team forward. Uh, And then since then, I actually now teach at the University of Chicago in the business school. And um, I'm really uh, proud and excited about what the University of Chicago, what what Booth is doing, and that this is one of the few sales classes um, among MBAs anywhere in the world. And they take it so seriously that it's offered, you know, five times a year, which means that a significant number of the students are actually able to take it. And I think it prepares them really well for careers, no matter what they do in having these skills. So uh, big fan of what you're doing today and talking about. Yeah, no. And and it's so interesting because I've heard from Michael that the students either hate it or they love it. Right. It's very polar. You know, it's it puts them out of their comfort zone or they're just they so appreciate the value in it, you know, and how it's just going to set them up so successfully in their career. Um, Perfect segue. So having been in a sales role then at some point, um, you know, what, what have you learned? Like, you know, what have been the challenges, but what have then been the skills and the strengths that you've been able to gain because of having, you know, played this role? Um, you know, Michael, let's go back to you. Um, talk to us about, you know, selling just in the corporate world or in the entrepreneurial world and, and typically the perceptions of it. Well, I think the first thing is most people on the outside that have never done sales, um, they have a very different connotation and impression of what it really takes to be a good salesperson. Matter of fact, in class, I asked the students to, to describe the words that they would think of when they think of salespeople. And the number one or two words when you put it in, a, in sort of a word cloud um, are pretty negative words. It's pushy, 
um, persuasive, sleazy, slimy, Ooh, all these yeah. kind of negative Ooh. connotations. And so nobody wants to be a salesperson. And then we give them an assignment to go interview a salesperson and tell us the two or three mm-hmm. characteristics that make a great salesperson. And they come back and it is overwhelmingly two things, listening and listening. <laughs> and yeah. the reason that they, they talk about why it's so important is because you got to build trust. And one of the ways you build trust is through listening. And so very, very different connotation when you think about the best salesperson is not the one who talks the most or the pushiest. It's the one who listens the best. I'm seeing Ramona and Denise shake their heads. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, listeners, you can't see us, but they are like nodding emphatically. I used to, to tell um, my, my oldest, Michael, as he's been my stepson, as he's been starting to do some interviews, you need to talk 50% less and and listen 50% more, you know? And I I think it's, it's, it's so important, not only the trust that you mentioned, but, you know, what you pick up on in the listening. Um, and, and then that actually becomes advantageous to building those relationships and candidly what you're trying to sell. And so I fully agree. I want to come talk to some of your class too, so that they can see, see Ramona and I and, and all of their sales. Absolutely. Scummy, you know. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> no, Michael, I think you found your two next guests. Yeah, He's no, always looking for guests. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, and De- Denise, you'd shared too, though, that it it's, it's listening. It clearly taught you to listen and, and it's so funny, we hear everybody saying these days, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And part of that discomfort, though, is actually like shutting up and listening as a leader, yeah. right? You yeah. know, you know, and I digress, but it's it's you know, it's funny. We're we're so we're so used to being taught and coached and guided that as a lead, leader, you have to have it all under control and take right. the lead. And now, no, you actually have to listen. Yeah. I love that, Sarah, too. And, and, you know, as you, you talk about that, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, the, one of the things I've learned as a leader is, you know, you have to get comfortable with kind of the stretch and get comfortable with, um, you know, not exactly. having all the answers, you know, at the ready. And I think that applies to, you know, your professional side, but also applies to your individual growth as well. Um, and it, it gave me confidence to uh, go into bigger roles and to do bigger things um, al- along the way. So I, I am, am incredibly supportive of listening. I think it's still an evolution for me. I, I do like to talk, um, but it, it's, it's really, really key. And then allowing yourself to just build confidence um, in this space where you might not have all the answers. And I think some of that vulnerability really... Um, you know, allows you to build some of those relationships and connections and build you as a better leader too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ramona, what have you, what have, what have you been challenged by? Let's start with that and then we'll shift to what you've learned. Well, a couple of things. So, so first, just to go back, I mean, the listening piece, obviously um, very important. I think that could be a challenge sometimes because everybody's multitasking and doing a thousand different things or have a mm-hmm. whole bunch of things in your head, unless you're actively listening and understanding, um, you know, I think you'll, 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 you'll miss a few things if you're not doing those things. I, I will say for me, I learned very quickly that we have customers everywhere we look, right? It's not just the external customers. It's not just my retailers, right? It's internal. I have a lot of internal customers, whether it's your senior leadership, whether it's your wholesalers, um, you know, it's really understanding who your customers are, 
and, and treating them all like customers, right? And making sure that you're listening and, and, and you're present uh, when, when they're having their discussion. I think that's the other piece of, of being, you know, active listening is being present because there are a lot of things that are, that are going on all at the same time that you're trying to manage. So quickly understanding how to, how to do those things and decipher who your customers are and, and how, to, how to really interact has been key. And I think the other thing for me, uh, as far as what I've really learned is you have to be a good collaborator and a good partner. Yeah, it's it's all about collaboration. Um, it's not always it's not one sided. You need to be that good partner as well. Yeah, and it's and I love what you say too because it's I'm a big believer in like you're you're always selling something right yourself, you know, an idea, you know, a recommendation, and and whether it's at your job or in your life or in a relationship, you know, you're selling. And and as as Michael, as you put it, it's. It's, it's even not as much selling as it is persuasion, right? It's like getting somebody, you, as you put it, you, you want to get them to buy. You want somebody to want to buy so that you don't necessarily, they don't end up feeling like they've been sold, right? Yeah, and I think, I think Ramona and Denise really, really touched on it. But when you think about it from that perspective, how you frame the conversation or the engagement really matters. And that people hate to be sold, but they mm-hmm. love to buy. And what that means is your role is not to sell them something, it's to help them buy something. And therefore, that implies a curiosity, it applies a different partner perspective, as Ramona mentioned. Um, and I think that's a really different mindset that a lot of people have, which is I got to get the order, I got to push them. Yeah, or even I imagine, you know, Ramona and Denise, you you put it this way as well, I'm providing you with solutions. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What are, what, are, what are your problems? And I'm providing you with solutions. Yep. And that's just so key. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Help me solve a problem. Don't create another problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about rejection? <laughs> Let's talk about rejection because I'm sure that happens in sales. I remember at one point I sold early in my career and I was I was selling domestic transportation services. And I had to call an account 18 times before he he finally replied. And he's like, you know what? I, I, I don't even really know if you're going to be able to do what I really need you to do. But the fact that you took 18 times to, he's like, I'm going to give you this order, you know, <laughs> but let's talk about rejection. What'd you learn from the rejection you experience? <laughs> well, it, uh, it definitely happens. Uh, and you have to realize that it's going to happen whether you like it or not. It's those difficult conversations that that make you better, that help you understand was there was there an approach I took that wasn't the right way? Did I not listen uh, when when I was first talking to my customer, really understanding what what they really needed and wanted? And it's also you know I like to call it professional persistence. Um, and, and, and you know if there's something that's that's a that's a big initiative that you know is right for you and your customer. It's about being persistent and, and approaching it in a different way and making sure that it's right uh, for the customer as well. But it's, you know, it's understanding that it's going to happen and then mm-hmm. learning how to overcome it and going back and asking again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, it makes you stronger. And I, I know that a little bit of what Ramona was mentioning and I, I think it's important too, um, and and maybe it's a little bit more amplified being female leaders to not take it personally. Right. You know, I, I try and tell my team and, and remind myself who we're selling to and what we're selling. 
we're not the only one that they're hearing from in a given day or week. And, um, you know, sometimes um, the rejection isn't about what we're selling or what we're offering. It's something going on in their business or in their lives. And so that professional persistence that Ramona mentioned is incredibly important. And I think, um, you know, as, as females, sometimes we can take it personally and feel like it's rejection towards us, not rejection towards the product or the event yeah. or whatever it yeah. might be. Um, and so that persistence is incredibly important and kind of just depersonalize it. You know, you want to build a relationship with, um, you know, whomever you're selling to and, and make it more conversational and persuasive, Sarah, as you mentioned. But I think sometimes that, that rejection, you can take it personal and kind of, you know, feel down and out about it and not have the, you know, um, confidence to get back up and, and get right back at it. And so I try really hard to, to not take it personally, to kind of find a different angle in. Um, to, to come back with a, a different approach and realize that at times, yeah. um, you know, that there's a lot on their plates too, that has nothing to do with yeah. us or with me. It It is such sage advice, Denise. My, my team hears me say it constantly that, you know, 99% of the time it has nothing to do with you, right? You know, you have a a bit of a, a, a prickly, you know, interaction, or you get told, you know, no, not right now, to your right. very point, 99% of the time, there's something else bubbling behind Absolutely. the scenes, and you can't take it personally, or you you dig into it, which gets us back to like, oh, sounds like you got some crazy going on, how can I help you? You right. know, like that, like that whole solution-oriented perspective. Um, Michael, rejection, what's your take on well, it? I- I completely agree with with the comments been made so far. I mean, it's 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 a fact of life when you're selling, when you're trying to persuade people, it's going to happen. And, and certainly, not taking it personally is important. I think for me, having some tools and tricks that that I use to get over that um, rejection, right? The feeling of how it brings you down. And so, what do you do to bring yourself back up? And some of these things can be really simple, right? You know, you do get tell. in the car after a call and you turn on certain music, and then you go to the next one because. You know, in some ways, you know, there's a saying in sales and a little trite, but, you know, this rejection gets you closer to the next sale because once you get rejected, mm-hmm. the next call is another opportunity. Yeah. Um, but mentally, it's hard. And so having tools to, to help you mentally, I think, is really important. All right. Well, we have a few more minutes till break. Share a couple tips. I, I like what Michael's, I mean, a little Beyonce in the car, a little, you know, a little hype music in the car to kind of <laughs> exactly ne- never hurts either. But, you know, I, I think it's keeping the, the, the rejections make you stronger, but I also think it's keeping the successes in the forefront, celebrating the small wins, celebrating yeah. maybe the yeah. journey that, um, that was a harder journey. And so, I try to keep those keep those successes in the forefront, keep some of the recency, because I, I, I do think a lot of times we kind of take that success and move on to the, the next opportunity, and the rejections maybe take a, a little bit longer to get mm-hmm. through. So, you know, um, having those, uh, you know, that recency of some of the wins is, is always good for me and kind of keeps that confidence and that positivity, and a little hype music never hurts either. Right. I know. I mean, for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would just add, I mean, I think there's a difference between rejection because I tried to get the meeting, I get the call, get a conversation started, and we didn't go anywhere. So maybe it's an existing customer that's just not engaging on something versus I've been working on an opportunity for a weeks, months, years, and we lose. Yeah. 
And those create very different mm-hmm. situations. And in the, the latter one where you've been working on a real opportunity and you lose, I think it's really important in a real opportunity to say, hey, there's two things going on here. One is I'm trying to get the sale. But if I don't get the sale, I need to learn what happened and why I didn't so that I can be better the next time. Yeah. And you'd be yeah. amazed when you go talk to a customer or a prospect that you've lost that you've been working with. And you say, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to sell anymore. I just want to understand how you saw this and what might happen differently, sort of a win-loss debrief, how much yep. you learn that makes you better going forward. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and to yeah. that point, gonna... oh, please, Ramona, jump in. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the same thing, Michael. I think understanding why, and it's amazing, even, even if it's a customer that you currently have and they've said no, going back and saying, hey, just, is there something I could have done different? Is there a reason why you, you were not excited about the opportunity? Um, is there something different that you're looking for? Having that understanding and going back and being comfortable to ask the question too as to why did I get rejected um, can also help. Yeah, because it may be a no today and a year from now it turns to that yes, right? I and that and, speaks volumes as a leader, right? you know, to, to, to be able to go back and say that. And, you know, you never know when first place, you know, something happens and they, they need another opportunity as well. And so, I love that about just not only learning for yourself, um, but also, you know, showing to, to whatever client or customer you're working with that um, you want to get better and that it was important to you. Um, I think that's a great lesson and, and a great practice yeah. to have. It's so funny. It just, it, it prompts me to think, I think I've had one person in my entire career when I interviewed him and he didn't get the job, he came back and, and, and asked said, hey, will you spend 10, 15 minutes with me? So it like applies in that situation too, right? Why didn't I get the job? Uh, All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, but I want to thank everybody for listening in to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts. We'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. 
When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined today by Denise Inman, Vice President, U.S. Channels at General Mills, Ramona Gitteroff, Vice President of Small Format, Anheuser-Busch, and last but not least, Michael Alter, Clinical Professor of Entrepreneurship, University of Chicago's Booth, School of Business. And today, what we are talking about is the importance of selling as a skill in your job, in your career, and oh, yes, and in your life. And now we're going to shift over to, okay, if I'm not in a sales role, like how is an individual or as a leader, could I go about developing these skills? Because I think as we've talked about, it's not just selling per se, but it's persuasion and it's having good listening and good communication skills. But um, Ramona, you have some great tips. You know, how could you go about, you know, getting that exposure, developing those skills? Sure. Well, I think it's a couple of things. Um, one, it's it's finding a mentor. I have found that uh, whether I've been the mentor or the mentee, that you get invaluable experience uh, in learning from, from somebody that has that experience. I think participating in the pitch uh, whether you're in a marketing role, whether you're in a digital role, asking to participate in that customer call where, you know, right. you're putting, pulling a full three, 360 program together that you've potentially had the opportunity to touch and just saying, hey, yeah. can I participate? Can I listen? And so you can hear uh, how that all works. And then the other piece would be potentially ask to shadow. Um, you know, I, it, mm-hmm. it's it's great experience to be able to to work alongside somebody that's in the industry that you just want to learn from as well. And it just makes it easy and approachable too. Yeah, no. And I, it, it, I know I, I shared with you, but I want to share with the audience and I'm going to do a call out for Maggie Redman. She's one of our incredible new HQ team members, but she's uh, responsible for all of the, the invoicing and then receivables, right. You know, as we invoice our incredible partners and they support us, 
But she in a a one-on-one said, hey, I want to listen in on some of the partner pitch calls because I want to learn more about how we're truly positioning new. And I was so impressed, like so impressed by that. Um, Denise, you 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 shared a yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, we talked earlier about, um, you know, how do you make it conversational? How do you make it persuasive? And for me, um, I think a lot about storytelling and just, you know, less about a, a pitch and more about a, a conversation or a story. Um, I ask some of my team to practice it, you know, practice what you're mm-hmm. going to talk about. Practice not just are you presenting a new Cheerios flavor but talk to them about what yeah. we're doing with that brand and what the relevance of the, of the brand is and how do you influence through your storytelling and not make it a, a presentation with slides and with, you know, um, a lot of data. And so I think that conversational nature um, yeah. brings people yeah. in and, and, and drives interest. Um, and I loved what Ramona said about, about mentoring. I think both internally and externally, it's about relationship building. How do you get to know your customers? How do you get to know um, kind of what what motivates them and, and what drives them? I try to remember small things that they that they share with you about kids or a spouse or something, and right. um, so that you can kind of build that um, build that relationship and and not have it always feel so kind of presentation worthy and formal. Exactly. Yeah. No. We 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 had a great call a couple of weeks ago about just you know, speaking skills in general as a leader. And it was very much focused on don't position it, like you just said, as a presentation, as a pitch, right? It's a conversation, you know, and, 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 and stories always make it like more emotional and authentic and genuine. And so it, it, to that point, you've got to carry that over in, in these types of conversations as well. Um, Michael, I know you've got a, a number of great points on this front. You know, how do, how do you develop yourself as a leader on this front? I think there, there are a couple of things. You know, one is, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to say you have to be in sales to sell. And I think in any role that you're in, it's, it's persuasion. And if I'm a data analyst and I have to get everybody to understand my segmentation or my insight, I have to convince them. And it's not that the R squared is 0.4. It's the story that Denise is talking about that goes along to explain what that data is. And so I think we all need these skills. And there's a misnomer that the best salespeople are the life of the party, the person at the bar who's backslabbing everybody who can talk to anybody. (laughs) And actually, it's just not true. Um, What the research shows is if you think about the extrovert being the person who talks constantly and the introvert person who maybe thinks a little bit more quietly, the research shows unless you're on one of the polar extremes of that, you can be a great salesperson. The key is you have to find your style and your right. approach. And what works for me might not work for you. And so figuring out how to do it in your style is really critical. And that's a lot of practice. Well, and it's 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 situational too, right? And which, mm-hmm. which is Very tricky, so. which is tricky though, because it's like everybody we're we're talking about, hey, you need to bring your true authentic self to work, right? You know, to your job, you know, how, how does that happen if it's situational? You know, how do you adapt without losing yourself? I, 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 I'd love to tell you a quick story, Sarah. We were, um, we, we, we've got a, a, a puppy and she had ruined a rug in our house. And 
we were um, out going to look for a new rug, which, you know, um, I, as any married couple might, might believe that was going to be a hard task on a Saturday morning and (laughs) the labor situation was, is crazy and everything's backordered. And we went into a a nice place here near our, near our house. And um, I saw something beautiful, a display hanging. My lady was helping us and she said, Oh, that's the only one we have. And it'll take six months to get here. And, and ironically, the display is a nine by 12. It's exactly what I need. Yeah. And um, she's, I, I, I'm really trying to work this lady and, and she's just basically says there's nothing that can be done. And I said, you know, is there, is it a manager I could speak to? And she said, yes. And, you know, I see her doing some side talk with my husband, like there's no way. And I hear her, my husband over my shoulder. And he says, she will come back with that rug. And I went and I talked to this, this gentleman and I said, look, you know, we haven't been together as a family, you know, the, the pandemic and we're having people. And I just start kind of reeling this guy in, right? Yeah. And telling him, you know, why this, this rug is essential for me to walk out of this store with today that is, you know, draped from a ceiling and it's going to be quite the event to get this thing down. And I'm telling him and talking to him, I start asking him about his family. And before you know it, he said, I really appreciate you not coming over and just trying to kind of play the hardball card with me to say what everyone else says to me, which is, I don't have time to wait. I need this now. Right. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm a customer here ready to pay. And I just started to tell him my story and why I, you know, why this was important and having all of our family in town. And about 10 minutes later, two guys come out from back and they got ladders up and they're unhooking this rug and rolling it up. And my husband's yeah. over there just shaking his head, like <laughs> unbelievable. And the, the lady was helping us said, is she in sales? And my husband said, she is. And I had no doubt that we were going to walk out of that, out of this showroom <laughs> with that rug off that ceiling. But you know, the, my, my point is it's, I think people expect you to come in with the hard pitch, to come in with the really aggressive stance. And maybe at times that's needed. But you got to figure out what's in it situational, for them and yeah. also tell that story. And I talked to him about what was he doing for the holidays and was his family going to be in town? And, you know, just made it less about this rug that I wanted yet. I really, you know, that's what it was about. And just tried to kind of get him on a personal level too. And, um, you know, while obviously that doesn't work in the business world every day, I do think the storytelling and making it a touch more personal and less about a hard sell all the time, we, we both Ramona and I have talked about relationship building, influencing, storytelling, conversational. And I think even what Michael has mentioned, people think it's aggressive and, and hard and, and you know, not, not as um, yeah. not as kind of collaborative as maybe um, it has become. So if you ever need a new rug, I'll come with you. And, and you know, and, and to Denise's point, I have a challenge for your listeners. If everybody took a step back and, and just thought through, what have I done personally? Who have I had to sell something to here internally? And, and right around the corner is Thanksgiving. I guarantee there are listeners that have had that negotiation internally with their families <laughs> on who's hosting, who's getting invited. That, that's all. That's all selling too, right? So just Absolutely. just know that that everybody has it in them. Everybody has done it in some way, shape, or form. And to Denise's point, it's it's about telling the story. It's about you know telling your personal story as well. And and I think everyone's as, as long as everyone understands and gets comfortable with that notion and knows that hey, I have actually been selling for the last couple of years. Um, then I think it'll make more of a comfortable 
uh, piece to, to approach. It's so well said, Ramona. And, and I love too, that you, you reference negotiations, right? Because it, it, you know, there's, there's this misperception, like Michael said, that, you know, selling is aggressive. And to your point, Denise, no, it can be relationship building negotiations. Oh, everybody totally thinks that that's aggressive and hardcore and it doesn't have to be to your point, you know, if you yep. use more of that selling and relationship building approach to it, it can, it can be a win-win. Okay. So, but Denise, I have to go back. Did you scotch guard the heck out of that rug? Well, you know, so, so we're, we're, cause we're with that puppy, my friend, I know, you need to scotch guard the heck out of that. I rug, know. Okay. So, so, so we're, we're, we're getting ready to, to, you know, put down our credit card and she says, you know, it's going to be an extra $150 for the, the stain protection plan. And my husband's ready to be out now. And he's like, no, we don't need that. I'm like, yes, we have a lot of children and we have a puppy. This Absolutely. is, here, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, so, so yes, it does look, it does look beautiful. And I, I felt like I put my day job, um, to work, uh, on the weekend. So that was good. well done. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. So let's, let's shift over then. Like as an individual, here's, you know, here's what you can go and do. And, and, and I love Ramona that you're, you're challenging our audience. You're, you're right. Like you do it, you do it every day. So, so leverage those successes and those skills in your job. Let's focus though on organizations because our, our listeners are all leaders and these great, you know, companies and corporate organizations you know, what should they be doing then to make sure that these opportunities are presenting themselves to their to their team members? Um, Michael, you've got some thoughts on this. Well, I think, you know, part of this is finding opportunities. And I think Ramona touched on this earlier. Right? You know, one of the best is to just ride along, whether that's virtually or in person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and understand what's going on. And, and it's one of the best ways to learn. I think also a lot of the large organizations are going to have pretty significant sales enablement components and they'll have recorded great conversations and recorded not so great conversations. And one of the best ways to learn is to sort of see the movie through someone else's eyes first mm-hmm. and finding those opportunities that, you know, should be relatively available. And I don't know why they wouldn't let you have a look at some of the sales enablement stuff. Well, and, 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 and I know for sure that if anybody from either Anheuser-Busch or General Mills reaches out to Ramona or Denise, Oh, they would absolutely connect with you and talk to you about their sales career, right? I mean, it's just putting that absolutely. out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Denise, what do you think companies should do? And I'm sure General Mills clearly practices what we preach. I'm sure they've made opportunities available. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, and Ramona touched on this in the in the beginning, I think, mentorship throughout the organization is is critical and we um you know we've done a lot to make sure that we are pairing mentors at you know um senior levels at at executive levels but also at our at our most entry level points in the organization and it's not just how do we take someone new to the organization and mentor them you know one level up but kind of uh, up and down the organization and i think being able to provide some of those real life experiences is incredibly important um, and so I love um, the kind of the mentoring programs that we're doing throughout our organization. I would also say, um, you know, push push your team, push them to do something maybe bigger than what they thought they could do. 
And mm-hmm. um, Michael mentioned it, and and I know Ramona did as well about getting that experience. And and you mentioned Sarah, someone in your organization also just wanting to see the experience. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we can limit ourselves to what we believe we can do. And I personally have had times where General Mills has put me in roles that were bigger than what I thought I could do, yeah. put me in experiences that were bigger than what I thought I can do. I love to go into a customer meeting with maybe someone on my team and they think I'm going to kind of do the strategic part of the presentation and I turn it over to them when they maybe don't know it. Love that. And kind of uh, help them think yeah. on their feet a little bit too. And so I love this idea of kind of, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the stretch and the get uncomfortable, but pushing them to see that they can do more than maybe what they see in their purview today. And that might be someone already in sales. It might be someone cross-functionally that's looking to kind of get mm-hmm. an experience in sales. And so I love that. I love that um, my organization has done that for me and for others. And I just love to find opportunities that one might see as too big for them that really um, allows them to grow and see that, that they can do it too. So um, certainly lots of, lots of opportunities, but I think those are uh, uh, some ways that have, have impacted me. And as I see others having success have been important for them as well. Yeah, Ramona, how about you? Yeah, I completely agree with both uh, Michael and Denise. I would say that, you know, it, it takes a true leader to recognize and develop talent and, and, and to help people stretch, right? And same as Denise, I've been very fortunate uh, throughout my career and my career at Anheuser-Busch to have advocates who have recognized that in me, who have put me in roles that were potentially a stretch and, and have helped me uh, blossom and, and do the things that I want to do and internally I've done the same. I love nothing more than to see my team succeed, um, to to see them achieve their goals, to see them grow and continue to to move up in the company. And and it's exciting. I mean, Anheuser-Busch, our key principle is, you know, our greatest strength is our people and they truly believe it. Everything from the education, the communication, the courses, the mentorship programs, we've got an entire Unite platform that's, that's, all rooted in, in, in IND and it's just, it's inspiring to see. And I think that's the one word too, that I think everybody needs to keep in their heart is inspire. Cause that's what we're here for as leaders is to really inspire our teams and our organizations. Yeah. I think another way to, to do that in, in large corporations or even in the community is get involved in some of the other organizations, other things going on in the company, right? The, the, right. the new chapter in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a community organization and take a leadership role there where you're forced to help raise money, help convince people to join, help engage people. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity to practice in a reasonably safe environment that will be translatable into your role, whether that's in organizations in the company or outside. Yeah, no, so true. It, it One of my favorite members in our Phoenix region, she's in an HR role at PetSmart, Alexis, talking about you. And uh, she wanted to learn how to sell. So she volunteered to own selling sponsorships, regional sponsorships on behalf of new. And she just knocked it out of the park. Like she, and, and in a very safe way and safe place and community, she was able to really flex these new muscles. So yeah, completely agree on that. Um, so taking a class, right? I mean, Michael, you've, you know, <laughs> you're teaching a class, you know, and, and clearly part of an MBA program, but there's the opportunity to, you know, find a class where you could, you know, whether it's presentation skills or communication skills or selling skills. Um, 
and we've got just a couple of minutes left here, but Michael, what are like the three or four key concepts like in your class that you teach that it, you know, to really kind of pin it down? Well, I think there's, there's a series of things. You know, one of the most important things in sales, and maybe it's a little more detailed than we want to get, is you can't afford to waste your time because you can't get it back. And Amen. so a concept of qualifying someone to make sure that it's worth your time spending, you know, that they have the money, they have the, they're in the market, they meet your needs, et cetera, because we can spend months, years, whatever you want, chasing something that's never going to happen. And so not being afraid to hear the word no is really important. So one of the biggest yeah. concepts to me is, um, you know, yes is the best answer. No is the second best answer. Maybe is the worst answer. Yeah. And figuring out and learning how to get out of maybe land, which is a really ugly, you know, cold place is, is important, would be one of them. I love that knows the second best answer. I know, right? <laughs> makes me feel better. It makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and you also say undone deals don't get done, right? Explain sure. that one. He, he, he has all yeah. these great expressions. We're going to start yeah. sharing them right here and now. Undone deals don't there, get there, done. Speak yeah. to us about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is sort of the, the, one of the things that's really important is creating a sense of urgency in selling because urgent things get done. And if it's not urgent, there's a, something else that's more urgent that's going to get done. And time changes things. And so, therefore, undone deals don't get done. And what that means is, why do tomorrow what you can do today close now? Mm. Um, you know, and then I think the last thing is probably, again, Ramon and Denise, this is obvious for, for people that have been doing sales forever, but you have to ask for the order. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that was, that's married today where one side didn't ask the other one. And it's no different in sales. You got to ask. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair. And, and, and uh, don't over oversell. Right. Cause that happens as well. Sometimes. No when to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As Michael was talking, I, I did realize um, that I think my, my children are selling to me at all hours of all days, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go in and, and know what you're asking for and, and undone deals that they're, they're closing. They are always closing. So maybe we're raising some small salespeople, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I like the, I like the points and I think they're, I think they're very true and, and no one to be done. I love that Ramona because you, you don't want to, un- the, the only thing worse than an undone deal is one you undo, you know? And so yeah. when it's done, you know, kind of move on to the next or, or, or wrap up. And I've seen yeah. deals kind of unravel at the last minute too. Right. Never sell past the close. Yep. <laughs> All right. So one last expression. Would you rather be right or rich? Unpack that one, Michael. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I put a bar over that, that, that the question is assuming whatever you're choosing is ethical. Uh, I think I would always rather be um, rich than right. And that has to do with, when you get down to the finer points and you're negotiating a contract, you get to a point where you're so focused on winning the, the, the point in the contract that you lose the critical nature of this deal is going to transform our business or it's fundamentally going to change. And so do I really, really care that much about the indemnity on the third Friday of the first Monday? No, but I got to win that point. And so don't get lost in the details in terms of what the big picture is you're trying to solve. And so certain times you're going to give up on a principle because it's just not that important versus getting the deal done. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times sales can feel so risky 
that it's important to, as we've got young leaders coming up through our organizations to provide that safety net for them. And, you know, I, I would always tell young leaders, like, there's nothing you can sell that I can't undo if I need to. And, and it, it just gives them the, the comfort and the confidence to, to go in and to, and, to, and to try and to be aggressive and that failing's okay, you know, um, and it can feel like it's um, always high stakes. And I, I think as we want to continue to develop future leaders and future sales leaders, giving them that confidence that they've got a safety net or that they've got some support. Um, behind them is is really important because sales can be intimidating when you first start, and certainly um, with big organizations, um, and certainly in the in the industries that we're working in today. And so, I do think as we talk through mentoring and experience and just different mm-hmm. types of ways that we can um, uh, support future talent, that's a big one for me. And I felt that a lot around, along my career of that kind of safety net. And I think as yeah. as we think about future leaders, it's real important too. Absolutely. Uh, Ramona, um, Denise, Michael, you guys were all incredible. Thank you so much, you know, for joining us today. And I know our audience is going to walk away with a bunch of great takeaways and, 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 and new perspectives. So thank you. Thank you so very much. And yes, I do want to thank everybody who listened in today as well. Um, there are now over 24,000 of you. We love each and every one of you. I want to thank Voice America for always giving me and new the opportunity to share our voice and our mission, which is to advance all women in the workplace. So next week, um, you're going to hear a replay, a rerun. Um, but what we did was we chose um, one of our top two shows. We let you vote. Um, so if you have already listened to it, tell a friend to listen to it. But we're giving out advice to fur parents as they return to work in our new hybrid norm. You know, how do you help your fur baby transition? To learn more about new and listen to all of our podcasts, um, check us out at newonline.org. And huge, huge favor. We always love to hear what your thoughts are on topics. And Owen, if you want to sponsor our show, um, you can reach out to us at inspire at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.